Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell. I'm in Austin, Texas for a couple more weeks, and on Fridays, we usually give you a variety of shows with guests, fans of the show to talk about their favorite segment as well as their own history with the show. But this is the Monday show where we give you a recap of last week's TBTL episodes. Bobby is busy again this weekend, so I'm back hosting. But helping me out are three of the ladies of LRB, the closest being Meredith All the Way Mayhan in Dallas. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. Then from just a bit farther up in I-35 in New Brighton, Minnesota, is Ann Lindholm. Hello, Ann. Hey, Mike. And finally, back on the recap for the first time in a long time, from the Carter Subaru AutoZone Studios in Everett, Washington, is the nice married lady, Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello. Well, I guess the gang's all here if you if you count ladies. Um, so it's nice to have Bobby out of here. You know, he gets tiresome, okay. at least to me anyway. So maybe we'll have him back on. I don't know. We'll see. If he's nice to me, I'll let him back hosting this thing. Mm. This this is my uh this is my fence. I'll paint it this week. So um we have some LRB business to go through. We'll do the week in review, of course. We have some housekeeping, and we, as always, we'll tell you how to get involved. Uh, first, LRB business. And how excited are you that everyone is coming to you in just about five weeks? I know. Everyone can come and hang out with me, and there'll be a couple of guys, I guess, who are also going to be <laughs> around if, if you want to see them, but mostly me. <laughs> I think so, that this is nicely... Uh, bookending that Anne has friends. I think so. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all coming to really meet you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty great when you think about it. I mean, you, you've already gone out to one of those events and so you've got a comfort level. You know the guys, you know StuBot. So now you're basically just another host of this event, are you not? Well, that's the way I'm thinking of it. <laughs> um, nice. Are you going to bake anything? Oh. oh my God! I hadn't even considered Ooh. that. Okay, I should start thinking. All right. You better believe um, that I considered. Yeah, I definitely considered. It. That's factoring into the plane ticket. Like, yeah, right. Sure. Minus the cost of baked goods. I I mm-hmm. wanted to say that as your man on the ground, I have already scoped out the location because uh, I took yesterday Friday off of work with an eye problem, as in. I can't see myself coming into work today. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've had that vision problem. With yep. people That's a good one. And I, I was going out to lunch and I thought, well, I'll swing by the Legion and see what like the layout is. Yeah. Like you do. Yeah. It's not that far from my house. And um, it's a Legion. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a it's, drink? No, I didn't go in. I just drove by. It's in okay. not necessarily a, a sketchy area, but it's... Um, there's a lot of Mexican grocery stores and yeah. I think like a maybe a, a Puerto Rican bakery and a Salvadoran pupusa place. That sounds awesome. Oh, actually. yeah. yeah. That sounds delicious. It's a, and some kind of like closed down quickie mart type places and some <laughs> auto parts stores. So it's quality. And then you go like uh, six blocks further and all of a sudden there was a condo development and I thought, oh, gentrification. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like Kyle Texas start to me. So, um, Meredith, you've been blue aproning. Did you use the coupon code? And and what is the? I mean, we're curious about it. We tried a, a meal service a while back, 
and it was really good, but we didn't really utilize it like we should. Um, how's been Blue Apron been for you? It was awesome. Um, the first week I got something with catfish in it and, and, and Duff is very anti cooking fish in the house. Um, he doesn't like cook fish at all. He'll, he'll eat sushi and sashimi, but he won't mm. eat like a piece mm. of salmon. So I don't, I don't know. I don't get that logic, but whatever. It had a piece of fish in it. So, so that meal I gave to a friend, but the other two were great and they do take like, you know, 40, 45 minutes maybe to cook. Um, they're pretty easy. Um, if you have some basic cooking skills, you'll be totally fine, but they have all been delicious. I've gotten only two boxes so far. Um, but they've been great. Uh, the last thing I had was like a pasta with like a lemon creme fraiche sauce, um, spinach, English peas and garlic breadcrumbs. And you make all of those things. Mm -hmm. They send you every little thing in a little container, but then like I toasted the breadcrumbs in garlic on the stove myself, you know, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. it, it's, you feel pretty accomplished afterwards because you made this great meal. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that I have cooked before, but not in that combination that I wouldn't have come up with on my own. So it's, it's, it's been nice. I, I'll keep doing it. Probably not every single week, but, um, I'll look at the menu every week and decide, I think, that way. Well, I'm curious about it because I do a lot of cooking now. And, you know, and, and I will take 30, 45 minutes prepping and then there's cook time and, and serving and all that. And and I don't mind taking that time. And But what really gets me is like if I want to make something, you know, I want to make something new or something I don't ordinarily make, I got to go buy ingredients. And then I spend the rest of the week worrying how to get rid of, you know, even though the cilantro yes, was only 79 cents for the bunch, I'm just, I'm all worried about how am I going to get <laughs> well, rid you, of re yeah. the rest of this cilantro. Because you only need 5% of what you are forced to buy, right? So right, the great right. thing about this is they send me, like for that pasta, they sent me a tiny little thing of creme fraiche because I like creme fraiche. It's nice to cook with, but I don't use it all that often. So if I buy a tub yeah. of it, it goes bad you know, immediately, like I'm not going to use the whole thing for sure. So they send you just these tiny little portions of just the things that you need. So you never have extra, you never have to worry about what I'm going to do with this weird ingredient that I don't usually use. And it's also the grocery shopping. <laughs> right. And then, then I just watch it rot over weeks. Right. Yeah. It's, it's demoralizing a little bit. It's yeah, a waste it of money. So it's nice to not have to go grocery shopping. First of all, most mm. of the prep is done. You have to like wash the vegetables and things like that, but most of it's already prepped. So it's, it's a really time saving measure too. So you also met uh, another Wagoneer this week that I had hoped to meet when we went up for the 2000s show, but she couldn't make it. You met Ingrid the other night. I did. Uh, Fort Worth 10, Ingrid, came with her husband, Jim, and mm -hmm. we had dinner. Um, Duff and I and Ashley, friend of the show, Ashley, all had dinner. Um, Anne, are you still arch rivals with Ashley or have you formed some kind of a super team? <laughs> well, we haven't discussed it explicitly, but I'd like to think of us as uh, moving from frenemies to besties. I Good. think she sees oh. you as an ally. I think you're your comrades in arms. I did calculate that between the two of us, we had uh, archived 8.8% of the yeah. shows. That's oh, It's man. like having been in Vietnam. You guys have been yeah, through a, a lot bond. of shit. Yeah, that's a bond. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yes. So she was great. I, she was so, so sweet and so wonderful. I'm so glad I got to meet her and her husband was super cool. Um, so we had a great time uh, having dinner with them. And then we went to see uh, David Sedaris, which was also great. Oh, yeah. Ingrid and her husband had to go, but they, they came all the way from Fort Worth to Dallas in rush hour to just have dinner with us. They uh -huh. couldn't stay for the show, but it was just so sweet. It was so nice to meet them. So well, I, I'll look I wrote in the notes that her. you met another Wagoneer, but I don't even know that. It, is she a Wagoneer? Or is she yes. A... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Hi, Ingrid. Hi, Ingrid. Hi. Christy, what's yes. your update? Um, 
Well, Mike, I wanted to go back to the Blue Apron stuff, and I just wanted to oh, say sorry. that Luke and Andrew are pretty much killing it with the sponsors. With all of their stuff, I don't know if I want a Sherry's Berry, a Blue Apron meal, <laughs> a Pap Smear. I don't know. All of it sounds great. I don't know why you can't yeah. do all three. All three at the same time, yeah. maybe. Uh, that's got to be some kind of violation. usually have leftovers in with the Blue Apron, <laughs> big portions. Take it with you. Um, other than that, I put together a survey just asking some basic questions about the show and about possible swag that we might offer. So if you haven't already, please go over to the Facebook page and take the survey. And that would be great. I'm going to close it next week and start calculating all the data. Just It's basically just an excuse for me to do a spreadsheet. Mm, spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell us not to do the survey. I did the survey. Did did? Oh, uh, I know, Anne... Mike. I know you at least did it once. It was hilarious. I think I was the phantom menace, wasn't I? I? think you were. Yeah. I think you were. <laughs> have have uh, you other ladies done the survey? I haven't. I took it several times as a test, <laughs> test. and I just oh, typed in test. nonsense. Well, yeah. Anne, Anne, you were... You were a listener to LRB for about two-thirds of its existence at least. I think you should take it and give your honest feedback as to how you felt about how badly we were doing before you came on board. <laughs> I can do that. I had to save you guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Pull us out of the it's fire. It's so much better now that Anne's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just put that on every question. Um, <laughs> well, more the Anne. thing is that that has been the answer to a couple. <laughs> of course. Well, oh, you guys. <laughs> One thing that Phyllis pointed out, um, and it probably is very true, that uh, the more talking someone does on the show, the less likable they're going to come off. And the less talking they <laughs> Luke do. Luke talks more, about that all the time, right? The more delighted people are with, with yeah. people that only chime in. That's this why I tricked Bobby into hosting. Theory, yeah. Right? <laughs> I wanted to be liked better. <laughs> right. Well, um, House Update, House Hunters, Texas. Uh, we... Close on, on our current house on Tuesday afternoon. We are selling our house on Tuesday afternoon, and we are closing on our new house on Thursday morning. Uh, oh we gosh. are, as I think I mentioned in the last show, we are leasing back our house for a couple of weeks while we move. Um, Emily's mom is coming to town for at least a week or so to help us get organized, stay organized, and, and make the move. Um, everything's working out, I think. Um, all the you know, our agent's done a great job, and, and I don't think we're going to have any bumps in the road or delays. So uh, it's all going well. So that's the that's the House Hunters update. Um, week in review, let me start off. Uh, Monday, show number 2105, when life gives you Lumdi, make Lumdi aid. I was hoping they were going to say Lummy <laughs> because I know some Lummy Indians, yes. and it just would have meant a lot to them to have a show title. Um, well, and also he had come Luke, from there. Is very right? interesting. What's that? Well, Luke had gone to Lummy. Oh, that's right. He was just on Lummy Island. That's right. Right. And for some reason, uh, Andrew changed it to Lumdi because of some other song that he'd heard. And maybe mm. it was he didn't want to put anyone's ethnicity or tribe mm. in the title. Uh, but I know the Lummies would have liked it. Mm. Luke, uh, on this trip to Lummy Island, he pulls a power move. Some guys asking what he did or they're they're talking, you know, talking about his profession or whatever. And he didn't really want to explain podcasting or all the different side jobs he has. So he just said, 
oh, just turn on the radio and and because uh, it was like Saturday night, and I think like Livewire was going to be on, and just turn on your radio in an hour, and you'll hear me. Uh, <laughs> pretty baller move. Yeah, that is. Um. So that led to a discussion of Luke really cares about what you do. Like Andrew, I think cares because he wants to talk about you and talk with you mm-hmm. and and be bond like, with you. Yeah, bond with you, be social with mm-hmm. you. Uh, Luke just wants to know because he wants to know kind of where he stands in comparison to you. <laughs> you know what Am I'm saying? I, How, do I have do more I make money more than, than this person? person? Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know people like this, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all are this way in a certain way because, we, you know, you want to know what someone does because, like Luke said, that's what they spend most of their time doing. So it might be the most interesting or possibly the least interesting thing about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it does say something about people, what they do. But yeah, to Luke, it seems to mean a lot. So at least he admits it, you know, because mm-hmm. some people don't admit it. They say, oh, I don't, I don't judge anyone, but they do. Uh, it makes me think back when they were having a discussion about bookcases and what you display on your bookcase and mm-hmm. what that says about you and what you present to the world. And I was thinking, my bookcase is where I keep my books, dude. I don't <laughs> right. care what it says about me <laughs> to anybody else. But yeah. he is clearly very invested in in image. Well, he sees mm. everything Luke does is to give off an impression about himself to other people, right? I feel like that's a main yep. motivating factor in his whole life. Yeah, I think it always it's has the been. therapy. Yeah, yeah, the therapy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad he admits it, but he doesn't seem to think that there's anything wrong with it. Although I think maybe a therapist would tell him, you know, maybe that's, that's not where you should, you should be looking for worth in other people. You should be looking, you know, at, at least what they can offer you, you know, that's still selfish, but at least it's something, it's not as judgmental. It's like, how can I work with this person? How can I talk with this person and communicate with them because of what they do? You know, it's going to allow me to connect with them. So, well, remember, um, that was one of Andrew's complaints about LA is that everybody was looking to see who is more important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, Oh God, I hate LA that. so much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the Beyonce album, really that's, that was most of the rest of this show. Of the week. <laughs> <laughs> much of the week, but definitely the rest of Monday's show. And, um, let me just, say what I know of this album. I have just heard bits and pieces of the songs. Um, we have HBO and I heard that, that this, you know, the concert film or whatever, no, not concert, the video, uh, of the album was available. And I guess I put off too long. I thought it was like still going to be there. Cause like, uh, there's so much great TV that goes on on Sunday night. Like we spent, Monday and early Tuesday, I think trying to catch up with like Silicon Valley and Game of Thrones. I know y'all hate that, but um, <laughs> uh, there's a couple other shows that, oh, the good, the good Wife, we watched that too. And and so we caught up with all that. And then I found myself alone in front of the TV and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this Beyonce thing and it's nowhere to be found. It had already like disappeared over to whatever that stupid thing that Jay-Z. Oh, title. So now you have <laughs> to pay for it. Yeah. So screw that. I mean, I wasn't that interested but by <laughs> then you know there's no way you could have avoid hearing that 99.9% of people thought that 
the the whole theme of the album was Jay Z had cheated, and um, somehow Luke didn't get that impression. <laughs> well, also, what was weird is that it was a huge news story when her sister was beating him up in the elevator, right. and that there was live footage of it. Yeah, like was he just like not aware in 2014? <laughs> Right. For like months. <laughs> yeah. And it was allegedly about this. Like, yes, she's mad at him for cheating. Mm-hmm. And even well, if you didn't know, would you be surprised that Jason right. cheated? <laughs> he was legitimately surprised. I was talking to Duff about this and he said, why do superstars even get married? Like, why? There's no point. Yeah. This is going to mm-hmm. happen to like ath- professional athletes mm-hmm. and super mega ultra famous people. Just don't get married. Well, since I'm the only dude on the show tonight, I'll I'll say the most disgusting thing uh, that anyone's going to say. <clears throat> and I don't even know where I heard this, but it it rings true to me. Uh, people are asking, like, how could you cheat on Beyonce? She's the greatest woman who ever lived. She's the most beautiful woman. She's the most talented woman. And and really, no one's arguing that. But this gross person said once in front of me that. No matter how hot, because we were like looking at some woman, and he said, "No matter how hot she is, somewhere there's a guy tired of fucking her." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard that so, before. Yeah, that's true. I yep. don't think cheating has to do with the hotness of your partner. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that's anything Not to do at with all. it. Yeah, yeah, but but that's. I mean, there are people that genuinely think that because they think Beyonce is so great. There's just no way. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. it's not even in the realm of possibility that she could ever be cheated on, but every woman can be cheated on. Every guy can be cheated on because it's not, yeah, it's not that it's, it's not how hot they are, how talented they are. It's just, Mm -mm. you know, there, there was some temptation and he succumbed to it. And, uh, what I found most surprising is that Luke saying, you know, why would he, produce the album and why would he let all this come out well maybe this is in a way his his making it up to her by just you know mm-hmm. continuing to curate her career yeah and who wants to put out a shitty album let's write some songs about cupcakes and butterflies no right the good songs are going to well, become come from a place of pain and, and a place of of love and right that's where the art comes from so i'm not surprised you know if i were him i would say well you know, I fucked up. I want to help her make a great piece of art. You know, maybe mm-hmm. this He's will also help. going to make millions of dollars off of this. Right. Certainly. It's yeah. all money. Certainly. That doesn't hurt <laughs> but, either. You know, the whole, the, you don't really even have to watch the visual album. I think it's worthwhile, but I, you know, you don't have to go seek it out. But if you just listen to the songs, there's a whole arc. Like, you know, she's suspicious and then she finds out and then she's furious for the vast majority of the album. And then, but then it kind of, spoiler alert, she comes to, uh, kind of start to forgive him a little bit towards the Mm -hmm. end of the album so it's this whole sort of arc and you figure okay well you know if this is literally what we think it is this is a story about their relationship then they're doing okay like she's gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna work it out so the it doesn't surprise me that then it would be painful probably to work on this album like if i was him Mm -hmm. i'd be like ugh, (laughs) i don't want to keep reliving this for the next two years Um, but he has he has to he has to and i you know on top of the money, I, 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 that doesn't seem like a strange decision to me. And if you're going to stay together um, after something like that, eventually you have to forgive or at least start to live with that other person. So it's uh, right. it's not surprising to me that, that you know, eventually they were all right or they, they are all right 
and he's all right with this album coming out because they're in a they're in an okay place. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I'm speculating. Yeah, and it was two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't be up to eleven mad at someone you know, <laughs> for two that you're years living and with. stay married, right? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. because yeah. you would the, just leave. If you were that mad, like two weeks later, you'd probably leave. Much less two years later, you would right. definitely have left if you just couldn't stop being super angry all the time about it. Right. <laughs> One thing that I thought was really interesting about the discussion that Luke and Andrew had was that Luke was saying that, you know, I think the record's good, but I haven't had Bay's experience, so I can't maybe fully appreciate it. And he said things like that before. And I was thinking, but isn't that what art, capital A art, is supposed to do? It's supposed to establish a connection and let you um, experience things that maybe you don't have the life experience to understand. And I just, I wonder why he continues to sort of, I don't know, avoid understanding. I don't, I don't really know where his reaction comes from. I feel like he can observe this art with a capital A, but I I feel like he, <laughs> despite what he says later in the week, he, he understands it's not his place to criticize it. <laughs> ah. That's how I took it. Although he didn't internalize that message because then later he criticizes it. Criticize I, think, it right. I think totally out of turn. <laughs> well, also he says he doesn't understand it, but then there's the classic story of him looking at his ex-wife's MySpace page over and over again. Right. So much that he hates the, the band Cake, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows sadness and anger and frustration. It just came in stalking someone's MySpace page instead of taking a bat to their car. <laughs> right. Well, and what's all this about? I mean, Alex Jones is obviously a nut, but he he was saying that that uh, the the violence in the songs oh. was mm. supposed to set off some kind of a race war. But he's probably the, the person who was talking about the Super Bowl thing, too, where she had yeah, the Black Panther. Yeah, he's been real mad about yeah. formation for a long time. He's a <laughs> so, crazy man. <laughs> but but it, if there is thought out there about this, I mean, didn't Michael Jackson smash a windshield yes. Like 25 yes. years ago? Yes. And if we're going to talk about this now, this is later in the week, but we may as well just cover it. The the email that he got, uh, I forget the listener's name, but I I, I thought they were right on track. Was it Um, Alex? Alex, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bringing up Kanye West. I mean, they're both Kanye West fans, right? Mm -hmm. Like Lucas talked Mm -hmm. about that a lot. Kanye West has a video with like dead women laying on his bed and dangling from the ceiling. No one... I mean, what? <laughs> Why are we yeah. upset about Beyonce hitting a car, an inanimate object with a bat because she's angry? I think it's because this got in, in front of a lot of white people, just like the Super Bowl thing yeah, did. Yeah, I think you you're know, probably got, right, too. It got in front of more white people, so there's more white people who have a chance to complain. Well, and it's a woman. Oh, Women yeah. being angry is scarier. Yeah, it is. It so is. the Black Panther thing freaks out yep. white people. The the black woman being angry mm-hmm. freaks out white she people. She just needs to be quiet and sad. Right. So wh- somehow a black man being extremely violent, blatantly violent, uh, is okay. But no, her, we, we expect that as white Because we expect it from yeah. him. Right. 
So I, I think it's an absurd double standard. And I was like agape at my phone when I was listening to Luke talk about this. I could not believe it. And yeah, Alex got it, I think, right on the head there. Mm-hmm. Well, they talked about this album several times during the week. Um, I feel like I've covered what they talked about on Monday, but let's get it all out here. Was there anything else about the album and the guy's reaction to it that you all want to get to? Oh, I loved I loved that Andrew finally on Friday kind of called Luke out when they were going through the angry email uh, mm-hmm. sections. And Andrew said that he did think that Luke was being uh, tone deaf. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like that because Andrew so rarely out and out disagrees with Luke on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Especially but, given how much we he... know love, Luke loves being criticized. <laughs> right. Right. Well, there's always like a minute where I, I don't know about you all, but there's always a minute where I'm wondering if if Andrew's going to do it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you're sitting there, yeah. you're listening, you're going, yeah, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yep. And then when he does it, you're so proud of him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you're so brave, Andrew. All right. <laughs> well, uh, that's all I had for, for Monday and uh, and the the Lumdiade. Um <laughs> On on to the next day. All right. Well, I guess I'll pick up for Tuesday, 2106 Westeros Kennel Club, which is one of the better names I thought they had this week. <laughs> it's a great title. It really is. It's just, uh, there's only one breed there. No, there's two breeds. There's the, the two. direwolves and then there's the bloodhounds. And then the bloodhounds. Right. <laughs> well, it's a short show. Yeah, it is. Not not too much for Fred Willard to crack on during that one. Do they murder the loser? <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the direwolf runner-up is never in a good mood. <laughs> so I guess we can start the Tuesday portion by having a moment of silence for VB6. <laughs> I am shocked it lasted this long. Me too. I meant to go back and look up and see exactly when he started that. I don't remember whether it was at the beginning of the year or not. I think so. I know this because my coworker, who is a a um a time bandit, came up and he said, "So I'm really behind. Luke just started some new crazy diet." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, was it this one? Was it this one?" He goes. Uh, it's where he eats vegan, but only some of the day. And I was like, oh, he's BB6ing. So he started that at the end of the Seahawks season during the playoffs. Mm, December, early January. Yes. Yeah. So that's okay. pretty long. That's a long time yeah, so for him. almost but, four but months. But here's the thing. This, this particular one... I don't think he's stuck to for more than two or three consecutive days oh. ever. Oh, no, because he would talk about how he would... Um, eat certain things and i would say that's not vegan (laughs) (laughs) he would just drop it you know hints yeah Yeah, so i guess now it's a combination vb6 and low carb which is just ridiculous on the face of it there is one rule for vb6 (laughs) and he's like i'm gonna have a salad and then you know some turkey at least he's minused out those pepperoni sticks (laughs) that's my favorite i I think my favorite diet that he ever went on to was the turkey, lunch meat, and dill mm-hmm. pickles. Yes, yes. And black well, coffee, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. coffee, yeah. 
I would have smelled great. I try really hard not to judge people on their diets because it's been something that I've struggled with for a large portion of my life. And I will say that when I was a senior in college, I did the bacon and grapefruit diet, which was just to have grapefruit and and bacon at breakfast. And that was supposed to jumpstart your metabolism for something. I don't know. My mother gave me this and she's a nurse. I can't imagine what she was thinking. (laughs) But when I finally realized it wasn't working and I gave it up, my roommate was like, oh, thank God. I am so sick of smelling bacon in the morning. (laughs) Wow. You must have gone overboard. Who gets sick of that smell? Well, I have a lot more stick than Luke does. I mean, if I say I'm going to do a diet, I'm going to do a diet. So that was a major portion of the school year. I did that. But so I try not to judge his diet decisions. And I think that this new thing sounds healthier as long as he doesn't go back to being afraid of fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fruits and vegetables. Are your friends? Yep, but he's just—he said before that he's not good at moderation, and he talks about some sort of acceptance of his body, and then he goes, he turns around and does this, and I just—I just wonder. <laughs> just kidding. I—it's from one day to the other. It's something completely different. I just want to know how he's going to find his way on this. Is he ever going to achieve the balance, or is he going to be seventy-five years old and still be juicing every couple of months? Well, I wonder if maybe I should just send him an email because uh, I lost, I've lost well over a hundred pounds at times in my life, and and big part of that was fruit. Um, you know, it's you okay to fruit. eat fruit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think someone just needs to tell him he's good enough, he's smart enough, <laughs> and people like him. Yeah. Yeah, we're back to, I think that's how last week started. He was just trying to be okay mm-hmm. with himself, mm-hmm. you know, being that old man in the locker room with the he foot up, great. blow drying his nuts. <laughs> I was wondering if it's easier to go on this journey from Luke's viewpoint or, or say my viewpoint, because I've always struggled with my weight since I was 12. And so I've always had this feeling of not having the right body or not being good enough. And so that's something that I've dealt with for such a long time. And it seems like Luke was so trim in his 20s. And frankly, Mm -hmm. he still looked fine to me now, but he's seeing that downward slide. And so I don't know if it's harder to have it come upon you or to have to work with it the whole time. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's probably harder now for him because – you know, I mean, and it's you. You describe it as a, like a lifelong thing, so you've always been mindful of it, and you probably have better strategies. Like Luke, he's over the last like five years, he's really struggled with uh, becoming overweight, and his strategies are terrible. He hasn't given it enough thought. I mean, he's not <laughs> mindful enough of it. So, not to say that your struggle isn't hard, but I think. Luke's is harder right now because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He's flailing, well, clearly. It's, right. it's like Jeremy's story. He decided to do Atkins, but he didn't actually want to read the book or know how to do it. So he just ate, <laughs> he ate pepperoni and cheese and his kidneys failed. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is it with men and pepperoni? It's know. pretty delicious. Let's face it. <laughs> but he's like, I never looked better. <laughs> Sure. When but I was in that hospital bed, working. <laughs> <laughs> he cut quite a trim figure in the yeah. in the ER. 
<laughs> I was on bed rest for like a week after I had surgery and I did lose like 10 pounds of muscle mass. So mm. that's one strategy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, my foot's been bothering me like for the last couple months and when I'm in pain, I don't eat. So I'm I'm looking looking fine right now. I'm looking very trim. <laughs> that's a strategy I don't endorse either. Yes. Yeah. Cut off your foot. Yeah. You'll feel great. Lose about 10 pounds too mm -hmm. automatically. And they move from talking about diet and health grind to Burger King's chicken fries rings. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that there's a whole lot to say on this subject, but uh, I thought Andrew made the best point. Because Luke was saying, aren't they just the same thing in a different shape? I mean, a chicken finger is a chicken finger, whether it's a finger right. or, or a ring. And Andrew brought up the whole concept of eating while driving, and maybe they were just really easy to grab. But I don't know. I, I Maybe it's all just marketing. Someone posted a picture in the Stens page. Someone has gotten these. Yeah. How do they join up the rings? That's what I... Tape. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Duct tape. Like what? everything Probably. else. Chicken tape? I, like I don't understand breading. any kind of these shapes. Because like... it's just extruded chicken goo. That they yeah. put into it's a mold, like you know? It's Onions not... come in rings, so that, that I can get my mind around <laughs> that. makes that. sense, right. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. It's like those, have you seen these things for kids that are chicken nuggets shaped like dinosaurs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's not, no. It already is gross in the normal shaped chicken nuggets. You don't want to think about how malleable those shapes can be, no. because then you think about the the material, the, the process. Material. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yum. All right. Does anybody need to say anything else about chicken fries rings? No. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, then they went on. There's a lot of content in Tuesday. I thought they went on to the ultra marathoner who tried to bubble run to Bermuda <laughs> and had to be rescued by the Coast Guard oh. again. Uh, he needs to pay these fines. Yes. Yeah. $140,000 to rescue him? I mean, like, do you guys remember uh, the, not the bubble boy, the guy, the, the boy who like went up in the weather balloon, supposedly? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So his parents got in massive trouble for that. So when you're doing something idiotic like that, I do think you should have to re reimburse the sure. state or the oh. city or whoever had to pay for that nonsense. I think I, t I extend this even to like hobbyists, like mountain climbers and, you know, like extreme sports people like extreme skiers or whatever that have to get pulled off the mountain like half the time they go up mm -hmm. oh it makes me mad white people they just should... going oh i'm in trouble uh come yeah. helicopter no, get should... me you should get like a punch card like mm -hmm. you get you three get a fine for that. after the fourth one it's a ten thousand dollar fine <laughs> right yeah or you're well, dead not only should should this bubble boy have to pay the fine but also, why is it so expensive for the Coast Guard to drive a boat out? That's literally their job. Yeah. Why is and the government the paying so much money thing that's for happened this? To them. Yeah. <laughs> I assume the helicopter was involved. Oh, yeah. right. So okay. all that fuel, all that equipment, all those people. And you have to assume that the person's hurt. So you got to take out all stuff. All, yeah, exactly. exactly. He needs to just stop. Yeah. Or just let him go. Like, let him die. The next time he does this, he dies. Like, that's his Third thing. time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> then we don't have a problem anymore? Just, no. Someone just someone from the Coast Guard just go out there with a giant needle, pop that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and then he'll just shoot. Just pop him in the direction of Bermuda, and he'll just go. Good luck. I mean, I have a certain amount of respect for what he's trying to do, not the way he's going about it, but fitness-wise, right? Well, to. I, I mean, I, there was a whole thing about the American dream, and he was a refugee from Iran. Iran yeah. Was that it? And yep. he wants to somehow, in a vague way, give hope to the hopeless by bubbling across the right. ocean. I think Why it's doesn't a, he put his time and effort into like a charity yeah. or something else? Volunteer it, it's Maybe poorly, big brothers, big poorly thought like out. Yeah. Big brothers in bubbles. Boys and girls club. Big bubble. Big we bubble. don't want him around children, I think. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I love, yeah. I love somebody's passion because I, I don't know that I've ever cared enough about anything to do something that's stupid. <laughs> Me too, Anne. Right. I'm passionless. Mm-hmm. I don't understand passion. Yeah. <laughs> He's also an ultra marathoner, which is another thing I don't understand. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't either. Well, he's quite something. Anyway. Yep. All right. Moving on to other people who are quite something. The final <laughs> top story of the day was the pet store owner who used the stolen monkey to try to tip his prostitute. You wish you and hadn't done that. So, so many <laughs> things that are wrong with this. I was actually less disturbed about the monkey and more disturbed that he stole the Girl Scout cookie money from yes. the pet store to pay her. Just I, I don't He's understand. I don't understand the thought process that makes any of that reasonable for any length of time. When you're accepting a, a monkey as payment, do you like call in the VIN number and make sure that it legitimately <laughs> belongs to the... It's chipped. It has a, one right. of those micro. This is not your monkey. I can't accept this. Also, monkeys are terrible pets. Yeah. They right. fling poo everywhere. They bite your face they off. Mi- yeah, they bite your face <laughs> off. They may murder you yeah. in your sleep. They beat those little symbols. Like everything is bad about it. <laughs> they could busk for you on the street. Oh, that's true. Get her out of prostitution. Okay, now I'm back to wanting one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, I've gotten crap for this in my life, but I categorically hate monkeys. Mm. And I will say at any time, I hate monkeys in the zoo. I hate monkeys in commercials dressed up as people. I just, I don't (laughs) think maybe baby monkeys are cute. I am anti-monkey. So I can't imagine any scenario in which I would accept a monkey. You guys are... Pack your monkeys in your bag to St. Paul, guys. No. Please don't. And your monkeys wa- at home. And does not want to see your monkeys. Unless you're tipping a prostitute. <laughs> or you're trying to get some free drinks on the plane. <laughs> yeah, flight attendants love that. Yeah. They love a monkey. Just let the monkey it's go crazy. But you, you guys are probably too young to remember this, but there used to be a show, like a syndicated um, show for kids that it was, when it was monkeys, not the monkeys, but there were monkeys and they were... It might have been part of like the Banana Split show or some other show that I would watch. And there'd be a segment where they would, you know, pretend like the monkeys were talking and having conversations. And it was a little monkey sitcom or something. And it was the fucking worst. Because, <laughs> you know, just because you put a dress on a monkey doesn't mean that, you know, we're doing we're, it's now Masterpiece Theater. So, yeah, quit with the monkeys. <laughs> They're not that cute. <laughs> All right, so, and finally, on Tuesday, the Song of Ice and Spoilers makes its triumphant return. And I don't know if we necessarily need to say much about this. Maybe Mike has a few thoughts he wants to share. 
Oh, well, I, I'm the Show old... of hands, who fast forwards through it? <laughs> I listened old... to it. Yeah. I turned it, it... off. They, I listened to it only because for content for the show. <laughs> they were very enthusiastic about it uh, this week. And I think the only reason they were that enthusiastic about it is because it was the season premiere and um, the show was formatted differently. They they hit, they they made sure to show almost every character and almost every storyline. And I think when when you're dealing with fellows like that that don't have a lot of retention, at least at that time of the evening <laughs> when they're watching, um, th- I think they appreciate that because like Game of Thrones and, and Christy, you can attest to this, it can get a little slow sometimes. They can get a little bogged down <laughs> in this storyline or that storyline. Well, even though the action that was happening wasn't necessarily really well executed. It was moving on. It was moving quickly. And so, you know, it was like a bright, shiny thing and they enjoyed the show last week. So, um, I don't have anything else to say about it. It was a decent debut. Um, I'm still going to watch and, and not because I'm just that interested. Like I said, you know, mostly beard styling ideas. There's no football on boobs. I'm looking (laughs) for, but, but, uh, most of the culture, at least white people, are talking about it, so I want to know what they're talking about. So that's kind of why I'm still there, because it's almost over. Why am I going to quit now? Yeah. The one thing that I, I thought that Luke and Andrew talked about that was kind of interesting was the uh, Melisandre, the red woman, and she you know, took her clothes off and transformed into an old hag mm-hmm. woman. And I read an article somewhere, I don't know, Vulture or Vox or Slate or one of those pop culture blogs where they talked about how that was conforming to um, one of the oldest tropes of the, the woman as um, uh, using deceit to hide her true nature, like using makeup and covering up her haggishness to show her beauty, to get the men. And I don't know how I felt about that, but I thought it was an interesting take. And Luke mm-hmm. and Andrew certainly did get fixated on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh... That it's a very interesting character. It's an interesting storyline. Um, I don't. I mean, I always fear reading too much into fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. like trying to get too into like um, psych- the psychology of it because you know, let's face it, it was written by some you know chubby nerd in his basement. So let's <laughs> let's not go thinking this guy's speaking for all men. You know, right? Fair enough. Okay, and if nobody has anything else, I think that wraps up Tuesday. On to Wednesday, 2107. <laughs> Luke, who's talking to Andrew? Another great time. Meredith, I want to thank you for falling on this grenade for all of us. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I volunteered to do this. Something came over me and I thought, maybe this will be a fun project to complain about. Um, and, you know, it's this whole pod crawl idea... Uh, it seems a little odd to me. Do do any of you have thoughts on this? Uh, I do. Um, I do as well. I, well, I, I assume Christy would too, because we've both been part of independent struggling podcasts uh, in the past. Um, Christy is still doing her podcast. Mine, <laughs> mine went away. And, you know, you're always looking for ways to like bring in more people to listen and you know, reaching across to different shows. And, and I, what I always tried to be really careful to do was 
you know, I would have people on my show and I would appear on their show, but only if I thought they were really interesting people or the subject, you know, the, the content really interested me because people can tell when you're like forcing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This wasn't exactly that because it was, it was more of a high concept thing. And I think that made it a little more entertaining than them having someone else on to talk about, look who's talking to, we got to get their straight take on it. Um, but I, I think after after a while, um, at least in my experience, I only I I only wanted those people back because I like those people and I wanted to talk to those people, and we ended up not really cross promoting as much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Christy, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, you guys still do a lot of that with um with your friends Jeremy and Jesse Dollamore and such. Yeah. So. What I thought, what I think would be uh, the um, Gimlet Network did this. They kind of shut down all their stuff for a month and did cross kind of a pub crawl situation, mm-hmm. but in a little bit different way where um, one host would go on one show and they would do it in that style. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit more interesting. And it's a way to, because if Luke was on a different show or Andrew was on a different or both of them, I would definitely tune into that to hear what that show is all about. And if I liked what the style was or what the concept was, I would stick with it. Yeah. And I think that that's more than they are doing. They are listening. They are watching a terrible movie because that's what this other podcast does. And they're, they're listening to, you know, watching a terrible movie. And then in the TBTL style talking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I see your so point. So I, th- I think that it could have been interesting, but I think it would have been more interesting if they had listened to it and maybe been on all of those. Mm-hmm. That's what I like assumed they, was going to happen when they yeah. were br- bringing this up. It's like, oh, okay, this will be a way to expose us to those other shows. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. go and listen to those and what they had to say about it. But they're all doing their own thing independently in their own style, which is just a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd... yeah. They all would have gone on the other show, and we would have heard everybody's take on the first one, mm-hmm. and then everyone's take on the second one. I, I then we would have known the personalities, but I don't think that it would. Um, it's I don't even remember the names of the other shows, right. and I definitely won't tune in to hear these strangers talk about that because the movie doesn't appeal to me. I also feel like there are more bad movie podcasts than there are even podcasts somehow. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Couple what, what of white I did guys is, bagging on a movie. Yeah. Um, if anyone saw my post in the Stens page, uh, I, I took my iPad up into my room so as not to disturb my husband with this movie. And I brought a bottle of wine and some chocolates and I laid there and I watched this stupid, stupid movie. Um, uh, you know, Luke and Andrew were totally right on their on all their takes on it. That the director uh, should be ashamed of herself. Um, the The writing was terrible. The the there were almost a non existent plot. It it ended up being, and I didn't get this from Luke and Andrew's recap. It was it's really a story about those two, Christy Alley and John Travolta, breaking up and then getting back together. It's about them having a fight and making up, which is hard to kind of tease out from this mess of a film. 
Um, but that was really the main storyline. And then this little kid is like potty training. And then there's a little girl who should be a lot more bratty than she is. Like Roseanne Barr, I think is funny when she's being a bitch. Um, mm-hmm. but this baby wasn't a bitch. Like she said, Ooh, my tushy hurts. You know, like that's <laughs> not, you know, th- that those were her laugh lines and they were just really unfunny. So they, they really misused Roseanne. I also did a little bit of research on this film and I learned that in 1991, it was nominated, but lost to Razzies, <laughs> which is that <laughs> what worse? other film was worse? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but where it was for worst supporting actor for Gilbert Gottfried. As oh, that okay. baby Jim, and and I will agree, it was awful, yes. awful role. He didn't do anything. He walked around yelling at kids. That's all he did. And then worst supporting actress is Roseanne Barr, was the other one that they lost. So um, she was pretty terrible. The whole thing was bad. Um, I didn't get as drunk as I needed to <laughs> to make it enjoyable. That that it looked like I emptied that bottle. There was only one glass left in it. So I I really should have prepared better yeah. for it. But. So I don't know, you know, the good things about it, I guess I agreed with Luke and Andrew that their soundtrack wasn't terrible. Um, There's a fun couple of songs in there, but other than that, there was not too much redeeming in it. Um, So have you guys seen this movie? Do you remember it? Do you have thoughts on it? I think I saw it in the theater with my wife in 1992. (laughs) And I saw it in the theater too. But you had to be a little kid though. though. Right? Yeah. I know I saw it. It must. I think I saw it at home. And this movie came out when I was like eight, so it must have been around that time. But I liked it then, yeah, because I was a dumb child. Yeah, well, it's little kids being funny with adult voices. Right. Also, that's what it appeals. Also, to. any movie that you see before you're like sixteen or seventeen is the best movie you ever saw. Is awesome. Right. <laughs> Especially if you went to a theater because you probably got popcorn <laughs> right. and it's like. <laughs> It's so awesome. An exciting day, right. <laughs> I used to uh, review sports movies for um, my junior high newspaper at Odell Junior High in Bellevue. And newsflash, all good reviews. The, f- <laughs> the fish that <laughs> saves Pittsburgh. That was four stars on that one. What about The Natural? Uh, the Natural uh, didn't come uh, out until uh, later. And I was an adult and it was the worst film of all time. <laughs> Uh, it was even worse than 1992's worst picture, Hudson Hawk, and worst actor, Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which I really, that, yes, they nailed oh, that see, one. I, I was 14 when Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came out, and I thought that was the best movie. <laughs> yeah. You can tell what people's best movie is by how well, you know. Yeah. Oh, Beetlejuice <laughs> is the best movie still to me. So. At least that one's still kind of good. It is good. Yeah. You I don't have to be I'm too right. ashamed of that. Yeah. There's two more points about this movie that I think we need to discuss, and and Luke and Andrew discussed a little bit, is the weird, I don't know if it's anti-Semitism, but just uh, overblown Jewish stereotypes. Um, They were definitely present. Olympia Dukakis just plays. Yeah, he's (laughs) Steve's pissed to talk about it. Uh, Because Luke said they were bagel. (laughs) Luke was talking about them eating bagels again. And I had to get angry about that pronunciation. Beggles and locks or something. I, I don't remember. So were they, are the characters supposed to be Jewish? I think her parents, her parents. are. She doesn't, she doesn't seem whatever that means, but there's, yeah. she doesn't do any Jewish tropes. Just the, just her parents do, uh, but they both do. And they, they go to great lengths to, to make it clear without saying it, that they're Jewish. Um, and then the other thing, so this kind of ties in with that is maybe this is why 
John Travolta tells his dream girl that they should go get some pork. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it was uh it was weird because you think about, you know, this is Hollywood and there are a lot of Jews in Hollywood and there had to be you would think there would be Jews involved in the making of this film. Either, you know, <laughs> It's well, hard. Rosanna's Jewish. It's it's hard to imagine a Hollywood film getting made without any Jewish people involved. Yeah. So how did this get through? Is this the force of Travolta's personality, you know, <laughs> like him not caring for other religions and thinking that he's but found this the truth? <clears throat> this was Travolta before Pulp Fiction, right? Mm-hmm. This was this is... Travolta at the low point. Right. It's pretty low. So he's not pushing and... any Scientology like BS Mm-mm. through it. No, but Kirstie Alley is also a Scientologist. Right. Oh. Yeah, she is. The the only thing Travolta's pushing in this is his pilot status. Right. That was yes. actually Ugh. his plane that there's a there's a scene where was. he's about to take off and she for some inexplicable reason runs after him onto the tarmac to take him down because the weather's bad and she loves him and that's their you know reuniting moment. Um but he's in his own personal plane which has his initials on it um and then there's also the inexplicable dancing because we can't have a movie with him without him doing some dancing he's dancing with children in that in gilbert godfrey's gym uh for some it does it also doesn't make any sense well he's given me a lot of hope because um i want to be an airline pilot that's going to be my new career so i signed up to drive for a lift this weekend Mm -hmm. so i figured (laughs) few weeks yeah. from now I'll be next step yeah. it's a clear path yeah very clear driving people in the air <laughs> yeah so well you know that was the point about his career having a refresh after pulp fiction he should have just died after that mm-hmm. because then it went back downhill yeah. i mean now he has hair plugs and he's pretending to be like someone on the oj movie right his face looks like it's made out of play-doh now yeah. it's it's terrifying and then he's like molesting massage therapists and stuff like it just needs to be done yeah so that's all i've got for luke who's talking to andrew except for that's a fantastic title i know amazing if anything makes this worthwhile it's that title that was great (laughs) true all right and we have thursday 2108 hugs not pugs which was a great title too did that have did, did that have anything to do with anything in the show because that was yeah. one where they couldn't decide anything, and then I, I couldn't get the context. So they did the top story, actually, with a new sounder from Bill in Toronto. Oh, right. Yeah, um, was Don't Hug Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think they, they came don't up like with it. this one on the show. I think it no. was like, oh, we'll No, yeah, this was Andrew all figured we'll out write later. write it and but... do it live. Yeah. So dogs apparently sometimes don't like to be hugged. Yeah, I can tell you. Newsflash. That's not news. <laughs> I can tell you I have a <laughs> recent experience with this. We had Emerson come over for nine days. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the dogs, you know, they have mixed feelings about Emerson because he's seven mm-hmm. and, you know, dogs and little kids. Loud. Can, yeah, <laughs> loud and, and handsy and, you know, always trying to engage the dogs. And, and Ginger, right. he, Ginger will tolerate anything. You could yeah. ride ginger like a horse he you know <laughs> just she didn't care she's only focused on emily if she can see emily everything's okay you know emerson could perform war experiments on ginger as long as emily <laughs> is within <laughs> line of sight it just doesn't matter uh abby however um she quickly grew kind of tired of emerson and, and emerson was being sweet 
most of the time. He's just trying to pet her and love her. And uh, <laughs> he he would just wrap his arms around around Abby's neck and, and hug her a lot. And after about three or four days, we started to see a lot of fatigue from <laughs> from Abby about that. I mean, like, she's a very energetic dog and nothing takes the starch out of her but we could tell she was she was done with the situation she didn't want to <laughs> she didn't want to engage emerson anymore she didn't want any more contact with him but she was patient until like the night before emerson was about to leave and uh i was at work and emily was cooking dinner and emily said she just heard a snarl and she heard crying and they Aww. had some sort of altercation <laughs> and you know, and Emerson recovered from it. He wasn't scared of her. He's a good kid and he's a, you know, smart mm-hmm. kid or whatever. And Emily explained to him. We we tried to explain to him the whole time he was here, you know, how she was feeling, when to leave her alone and all that. Mm-hmm. But it just got to be too much and she snapped at him. And, you know, it just, it totally proves that point. They just don't like that. They want, the dogs love affection, but certain kinds of affection. It's, yeah, that's not yeah. how they show affection. You, you give them food right. or... Um, pets or eye contact even. Right. <laughs> yeah, but hugs are scary because it's like you're choking yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. You find find their spot and scratch it, you know? It's probably yeah. like a dominance well, thing too, I bet. They oh, feel... for sure. We have that with Ellie and, and little pod dog mm-hmm. where she always has to give him a hug by, or a night-night kiss and hug. And dogs don't really like that so no. much. And so sometimes he, he takes it. He's pretty tolerant of her but sometimes he's just done and he like growls right. and then she knows to stop but there's been times when she just pushes it and he's he does a little nip yep or snap or snaps mm-hmm. at her and she gets really sad mm-hmm. and she starts crying and she's like i just need to have alone time <laughs> because she feels sad that she like broke the rules yeah. or made him sad well, i'm sure that's hard for a little kid to understand yeah. because that's how they want to have right. affection and that's and how they, they have know their how stuffed animals right so they have pet dogs that they want to cuddle mm-hmm. and carry around all the time but that's not real so don't hug dogs yeah long story short <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, on the dog note the ups guy knows rudy which i loved <laughs> this gave me so much joy and of course rudy was being bad right <laughs> well rudy just wanted to get in the truck and help the guy yeah. Maybe go on his route or something. Yeah. yeah, a dog sees an open truck or open car. It's really yeah. hard for them not to want to go for a ride. For sure. I mean, we know that from Eddie. Eddie jumps in the car all the time, right? Yep. I cannot leave the car door open with that dog around. And if the car is out, if he sees a car, one of our cars, he can't. He won't focus on anything else. He just stares at the car. Oh, and we have to like distract trips. him. Yeah, he he just falls asleep immediately in the car. Oh. He loves it so much. It's great. I'm glad he's not afraid of it um but yeah or gets car sick right that's yes. the worst no he he's totally cool with it but it's like it's he loves it so much it's almost a, a distraction we used to have a dog named frank he was one of our um that one of the two dogs that i that emily had when i met her and emily and the dogs came up to spend summer with me up in redmond and uh frank got out got away from me i think he just slipped his leash he got away from me and I think I had my phone and I called Emily and said, Frank's loose. And and I'm running and trying to catch 
Frank and I mm-hmm. think I hurt myself diving for him and he was just he was going to everywhere where he'd ever seen a kitty in this apartment complex <laughs> and just running from place to place and I was just I was at a loss. I was like, I can't freaking catch this dog. So then I see Emily pull up uh, about 100 feet away in uh, her element. She had a Honda element and she slid the door open and he just ran straight and got in the <laughs> fucking car. I'll keep that in my back pocket then. Yeah, yeah it's a for good sure. Trick. Yeah. For sure. Um, then we have Luke is digging a trench. It, for to put in the the bamboo. Is anybody is else like, waiting for the Burbank bamboo explosion? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wait, because put, he keeps talking about how you know he's not he's not having the running bamboo, which is oh, no. but he is having the running bamboo, but it's the slow it's, kind. It's going to have a trench, and then they're going to put some stuff down. Yeah. The barrier. Yeah, I've put those weed barriers down before, and you know what happens? They grow through. <laughs> so we are so, going through the same kind of thing. So we've got a door, a patio door that that is a little too open, but we like the light. So we were like, huh, I wonder how we can put some bamboo in front of it. There's not really dirt there. And we also were warned against, like, I guess in Dallas, the bamboo will grow under your house and up through your wood floors and destroy your floors. Like people have told us so many horror stories. So we did a bunch of research and there's bamboo that doesn't do that. Um, It's clumping instead of running or whatever. Um, But we didn't really want to take any chances. So what we did is we took two huge watering troughs, like for cattle, and we painted them with like copper rust-oleum and the bamboo is in these things there's no getting out so they're on cement they're not going to run anywhere and now we have these kind of screens in front of our patio door that look nice but aren't going to destroy our house our house or our yard that was our so let's set our watches for one year right (laughs) when we're hearing them have to rip up the basement again (laughs) are there nice new floors have been destroyed by bamboo what was really weird is Jeremy actually dug a trench last weekend too. And um, so it was just weird because no one hears about digging trenches and then to have two people be doing it's trench so digging I just, weather. I guess so. And his hands, he used to um, deliver boxes. So he's like manual labor. And after about an hour, his hands were covered in blisters. Mm-hmm. He's like, remember when I used to be manly? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can barely move. Yeah. Uh, tip, but, tip for all you guys out there that maybe you used to do manual labor. Um, no, don't have any pride. Yeah, Put on some stupid back. gloves, yeah. no matter how stupid yeah. they look. Put on some gloves. He No, the only gloves that were available were women's and they were filled with bark. All right, go to so Lowe's the, and get some new gloves. I know. Get like we four, well, they, four pair yeah. for a buck. I mean, it's just, yeah. and I put them everywhere. Yeah, it, I put them everywhere all over the house, in the late. car. Anytime I'm going to do anything with my hands, I throw that shit on because otherwise it's going to be yeah. six weeks of healing my hands. Yes. Yeah, I think that he assumed that all the supplies would be given oh, yeah. <laughs> when he goes to help. But um, let's see. Uh, so then we have Luke has a activity watch. That also talks to his phone and to the scale. Yes. And what I loved is that he said that all of his electronics are talking shit about him behind his back. <laughs> he didn't even go for a run today, you guys. Can you believe it? I know. Can you believe it? Well, lazy. And then, and then Andrew said, it's like a Pixar movie. <laughs> I love I thinking would about that. that. I know. Me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, then they talked about how 
One minute workouts are just as good as 30 minute workouts. And this was the best news of the week. Oh boy. I don't want to rain on your parade, but I went and read the study. Thank you, Meredith. Yes. Please tell us about it. Well, the first problem is that in the end, they ended up with five control subjects, eight one minute exercisers and nine Mm-hmm. longer term exercisers that's not nope that's no. not enough yeah <laughs> and also there were plenty of differences in those groups the study wasn't done very well statistically but it was done a little bit and even the ones that were done well like they, there were still some differences in those groups like they did their body mass stayed totally the same in all three of them um the 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 ones who actually exercised they both reduced their body fat so i mean it's interesting i guess but no one should go and start adopting this workout routine based on the study from the based anecdotal on this one institute. study right yeah right. the anecdotal institute of small sample size yeah, right. well and even the title of the story was misleading because it, when he started breaking it down it was you're really working out for 20 minutes. It's just one minute of extraneous. Yes. So you take breaks. And so the, the time commitment is lower. I read the details. It is lower. But it's 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 not accurate to say that you just like go crazy for one minute and then you're done. That's not how it goes. <laughs> but so um, the machine that he was talking about, this seven minute workout that cost $10,000, it's a machine. My rich boss that I had had two of them. I've never heard of this thing. What is it? I don't remember what it was called, but it was insanity that we had to have these things. And he was convinced that all he had to do was seven minutes of of workout a day. And it was this giant machine. And when he died, we had to figure out how to get that thing out of there. And you couldn't dismantle it. We had to have the people come from the showroom and move it. And then they bought it back for a third of the price. Is it a ROM? R-O-M? Yes. Yes. It's the ROM machine. Yes. Ooh, it looks like a, ooh, I'm not going to say what I think it looks like. Not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like a Himalayan yes, salt Yes, everyone lamp. look Whoa. it up. We can have it be the show picture yeah. so people can see what it is. But yeah, he had that and writing a check and it was actually about oh. $14,000. Wow. So writing a $14,000 check for two was very difficult for me. oh dear (laughs) it looks like some kind of sex contraption right Uh, that's what i was gonna say (laughs) oh but sorry you're like i'm i was gonna dance around that but Uh, have you put it on the channel yet i'm about to okay okay so and then the last thing that we learned is that uh there's a pro tip if you have to poop at the mall Go first thing in the day, morning. <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's it for Thursday. All right. So Friday, number 2109, Andrew Deficit Disorder. Um, Andrew is not quite on the call yet, and that's why the uh, squirrel call gets busted out. His <laughs> mic Do, is still does muted. Does anyone else's dog dogs go crazy when they hear that? Oh, I'm always on headphones. I should try oh. Yeah, it drives Brody insane. <laughs> oh, I will. I will try it too. Because yeah, there's okay. some some toys that I'll squeak and then really get to Abby's attention. But thing about Rudy though is Luke fires off that squirrel call and she comes in like a minute later. Like, right? <laughs> like it could have been stretches, anything. He associates checks her food bowl. 
And then she's finally like, she's like you know, like a uh, lazy security guard, like, oh, I should probably go check out that. Oh. <laughs> Squirrel call. Oh. Uh, Andrew, wow. Sometimes, you know, he, you can, you can hear him like he wants to make a joke and then he aborts it and then Luke draws it out of him and Bobo. we're all sorry. We're all sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Let's let that one lie. Yeah. Luke's got to learn to, when Andrew says, no, forget it. Just, yes. Trust him. Trust <laughs> him. He's always right. He's always right. Mm-hmm. Forget it. It wasn't worth it. Yep. More trench talk, including the bamboo lady. Did the bamboo lady come over to the house? Yes. Yeah, she brought the bamboo and the trench wasn't deep enough or something. Oh, deep right. Enough, yeah. Right. It wasn't wide enough? I think it was so wide enough. he made enough. his wife go and Yeah, so Carrie it. did it, of course. She made, he made her go out and, and get rocks no, out of I the trench I'm with a screwdriver. My... Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, pry and... up the stone. They do rent out trench digging machines. Yeah. They should have done that. I saw a, a picture of that thing. That thing looked fierce. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you could get your trench done in like five minutes. I don't know how much the thing costs to rent, but. The bad part is it only goes down 12 inches. Mm-hmm. So if you need it to go 24, which is the normal oh, trench, really? I guess that's what Luke needed. You have to do the rest by hand. Oh, that's And it only does probably about a foot wide. So you have to get these special shovels or do it twice. Yeah. No trenches for this guy. <laughs> Leave no trenches unturned. No. Uh, no bamboo either. Thanks. Um, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Luke is bragging about taking a seaplane where apparently you can just, once you get on the plane, you can just say, uh, that Take island me. over there. Let's go to Chick-fil-A <laughs> first, please. Any, many, many, Do you think it's... Have you ever taken one of these? Mike? I have not. Have you? No, I used to book my, so the big thing in Seattle is that rich people have their crew take their yachts up to Roche Harbor yeah. and then they fly by seaplane during the weekends back and forth and live off their yachts or whatever. So I would book a lot of these Kenmore Air mm-hmm. flights. Yeah, Paul Allen used to uh, park his yacht in the bay where we had our cabin because he owned the peninsula at the end of the bay and he would fly up in one of those planes and then, you know, mm-hmm. get into his yacht. Whereas I think his mom lived on that peninsula, but he didn't want to like go all the way on the peninsula with his mom. So he would stay on his yacht. Yeah. But I think, is it because um, these planes only fly at a certain altitude that it really doesn't matter? They don't have to file anything? I believe so. Because they have visual that on they everything? Don't to... Yeah, they don't have to. Or they'll just they'll just call in their... Oh, we should get someone that actually knows what they're talking about, like Will, yeah. to tell us. Um, but I think that they just call in their flight plan as soon as they get in. Yeah. Well, we can't have Will on because I don't like having guys on the show. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus it, let me say this about that. Uh, n- more more women than guys send in their, send in their um, submissions. And a lot of times the guys send in stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, they're not descriptive <laughs> enough. I, I don't understand the submission. Right. Or they all put in the one that they've been right, on. Right, right. The show that, that, that <laughs> featured them. I'm like, no, no, that's what I do. That's not what you right. do. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, the, the talk of the seaplane led to uh, the first show picture I've really loved in a long time. And that is of Crusoe, the celebrity dachshund, in his seaplane. <laughs> 
You love that thing. I love Chris so, so much. So if you haven't checked out that show picture, do it. Um, I couldn't believe they were talking about, Andrew was describing the chicken dance, which is done at every <laughs> st oh, stupid wedding. And neither one of them could come up with How many of you were yelling at, I was so mad. at the... <laughs> he even knew the song. They, they both knew the song. <laughs> and Andrew, I could just imagine him actually doing the motions. Right. Oh. But Luke's like, yeah, I don't know. Are, do you mean the electric slide? No. <laughs> oh, so frustrating. Uh, the top story. Uh, I guess they're not allowing Seattle garbage people and recycling people to peek into your garbage anymore. They just have to take it. But mm -hmm. um, from, I mean, I, did, I haven't lived in Seattle in so many years. But I remember back in the day they had like, it was more or less trays where you could see everything that was in them anyway. Like here in Austin that we have one, we have a, a garbage can and then we have an even larger recycling bin, but they both have lids and mm -hmm. the people that pick the shit up, they don't give a shit. You know, they nope. just, the truck comes by and dumps it in. But I guess in Seattle, there was some way that people could look in your stuff and find you or whatever, but now that's been outlawed. <laughs> no. So now I know what you're talking about. Those like layered, Kind of, it was more like shelves yeah, almost. Right. We've moved to the big, okay, probably about ten years ago. But what would happen is that Luke actually complained about this at his last house because remember he was putting really heavy stuff in the bottom of the. Does anyone remember this? This is when he lived at the well, he was um, Mount trying Baker. To dump, hmm. He was dump his garbage through the recycling. Yeah, yeah, so he would put something really heavy in the bottom of it and then put regular bags on top mm -hmm. and the, and they just, so that's the thing is you could put whatever you want in the garbage and then you could put something on top. And if they try to pick it up and it's too heavy or they think, Oh, this isn't, we're not going to take this kind of stuff. They'll just leave it mm -hmm. and sometimes fine you, but now they can't do that. Hmm. Well, but wasn't the fine like a dollar? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For putting your compost material in your garbage it's more of a shaming fine really at that point right <laughs> yeah. yeah this is a portlandia sketch well luke reveals a lot about himself during this talk i mean <laughs> he he doesn't give a shit about the environment he really doesn't <laughs> and i i'm glad he i'm glad he doesn't pretend because i mean it, it come it comes through and it's pretty interesting that you know he's he just wants to Put it all in one container and roll it down. He doesn't yeah. even want to have to roll down two things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have two hands, buddy. You can roll down two things. Well, and if he if he didn't want to do this, moving to Bellingham was the worst idea because it's even more liberal uh, and green than Seattle is. I mean, it's not going to be the garbage men that go through his garbage. It's going to be mm -hmm. his neighbors. And then they're going to garbage shame him. Yep. Oh, they're going to shame him real bad. Well, Meredith, you are a resident recycler i mean you you're very strict about it you have your chart how did you feel about this discussion yeah it was again irritating to me that they were like i have no idea how to recycle things there's no way to find <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs> like if only that information is so readily available just look it up once <laughs> right. and then you can know there are teams of people dedicated to to telling you and letting yes. you know how and find making the information easy to find there really are yeah. the city has employed been... a lot of people 
to do it. Yes. And, and, and when I grew up in Grand Rapids, my parents were hippies. And so we've always, always recycled even before you had to or it was cool or easy. So what we had to do was wash our garbage, like flatten everything, squash all the cans, squish the milk jugs, make sure it was all super clean and then separate it to this intricate degree. Um, and my parents did that because that's how into recycling they were. Now I just have to throw everything that's recycled. I don't care how dirty it is into one huge thing. And they just take it every single week. Yeah. So it is as easy mm -hmm. as can be. And I don't even have to worry about like, I know I can't recycle batteries mm -hmm. right there. I have to do something else with the batteries, but there's really like no other rules. They just take everything. Yeah. It's pretty easy in, in Austin as well. Uh, I will say that I did agree with Luke about one thing I love going to the old fashioned <laughs> dump because, uh, and what I, what I was recalling when he was talking was, um, the job I used to do in Seattle, uh, I was the marketing, marketing director for all these restaurants, 44 restaurants, and we would have all kinds of events all the time. And so we would acquire a lot of junk. Like we had two storage areas at, at, at some point full of junk that we used for all of the store events that we do and all of all kinds of restaurant equipment that was broken and was never going to be put back into use. And it was so satisfying. Uh, the last time we, we emptied out one of those areas and I took one of the other guys with me down there and we were just throwing all kinds of stuff you'd never think you could throw away. In, you know, <laughs> off the back of this truck into this huge pit where they're just going to mash it up and make it disappear. Um, there, there, it really is kind of a cool, satisfying feeling because you're just like, I shouldn't be doing this, but no one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Let's throw this We've giant metal thing, thing in, in there. We've got a thing in Dallas. So we don't have like special yard waste pickup. What they do is once a month, there's a bulk pickup where you just put whatever you want yeah, bulky out item on your pickup. curb. Mm -hmm. And and they that includes yard waste. So like when we moved into our house, we had to cut down a couple trees, unfortunately, because they were destroying our foundation and they were huge trees. And we saved so much money for them not having to load up the trees and dispose of them because we were like, no, just throw them on the curb. Yeah. Because we, we scheduled it around bulk pickup and they just nice. took three enormous trees away for free. Yeah, bulk item pickup. I was like, how amazing. is this... <laughs> Is this okay? You can put refrigerators out there. You can put like, <laughs> I don't know, probably an elephant carcass if you had one and they just pick it up. You, the first time Does you really don't believe Jimmy it. John's the first there? time you put yeah. the thing out there and you go, there's no fucking way they're going to take this. This, Let's is, watch this, this. was Let's news watch. to me. They didn't have this in Ferndale, uh, the Detroit area. So this was like just an astounding thing. And the first few times the truck came, I would just be peeking out my window. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my God, they're I taking dare them it. to take well, it. Look at the Meredith, trees. You're probably, it's just disappearing. You're probably in too good a neighborhood in Dallas, but... um. But like the week leading up to bulky item pickup. Oh, there are pickers. Yes. Crawling our neighborhood. Just, just up and down the no, street. No, that's, they want to be here because people set out good stuff. Yes. You're right. That you're, they're throwing away. Yeah. So a lot of times your item ain't going to make it to bulky item right. pickup. Oh yeah. And that's fine. I'd rather somebody use yeah. whatever. I mean, that's nice. And actually I have two desks that I don't know what to do with right now. And I'm like... Should I bother selling them on Craigslist or just set them out next week when bulk pickup well, is? And, and that's – you don't even really need to – I don't even keep track of it anymore because you'll start to see the trucks. You know, Well, they put signs in our neighborhood. It'll be like bulk pickup starts on Monday. Yeah. So I don't keep track of it either. We get direct mail. But, but even if you didn't pay any attention, once you see like two or three like trucks go through the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, the same trucks you'll see every time you go, oh, I guess I should put my stuff out. It must be bulk There's item. one guy that I see every single time and he always, for some reason, has one of those um, white plastic patio chairs strapped to the top of his minivan. 
Like he's a junker for sure. It's full of garbage, but he's always, always, always got this one white patio chair stuck to the top of his, his van. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> I got to put out all my Amazon boxes that I don't feel like breaking down. Sure. Uh, the last thing for Friday, um, some kid knocks NPR off the air. <laughs> and Luke and Andrew are both imagining this kid is kind of a bad kid. And I, I got to say, I kind of agree. Why are you touching anything? If you're a kid. Yeah. That, much less like don't touch any button, much less multiple buttons in a specific sequence. Yeah. So intricate that it takes down NPR. That's a, That would have to like, be a lot of bad button supervision. Matching. Well, there are there are some kids who are just touchers. And I yeah. have learned this from many, many years in retail and working in a store where there's lots of cool things to touch. And it's a combination of the kid and the parenting because mm-hmm. some kids just are so desperate to touch things. And so parents will come in and have different rules like, okay, everybody, hands in our pockets. We <laughs> put our hands in our pockets. Mm-hmm. And some parents will do a one finger touch. And those kids are fine. It's the ones who really want to touch and who the parents are completely not supervising that are going to be a problem. Now, I work for a hospital, and you wouldn't think that we do bring your kid to work day, but we do. Um, but they don't let the kids run into a surgical suite and stick their hands inside someone's <laughs> abdomen. Um, they they plan events and have, you know, talks for them and, and the clowns and the service dogs come out and they show, you know, walk them around the hospital, but they don't let, they don't take them anywhere where they could do any damage because <laughs> yeah. they could do a lot of damage. They can walk. I mean, there, there's always glass to watch whatever show's going on. You could sit behind the glass and watch yep. it with no access to buttons that can take NPR off the air. Uh, Luke, Luke knew the guy. Any, any, any yeah. guesses here? I bet that the, that the guy who apologized since they said that this kid was a genius and punched the right <laughs> amount of things to make it actually happen, probably said, oh, kids, look at this, this console, and this does this, and this does this. And maybe he even told them they could push him. Mm. And the kid just did it. My guess is that the kid, because the engineer probably is the one who, you know, um, puts the shows on and off the air. The kid probably just watched his dad and just said, mm-hmm. oh, if I punch these three buttons, it does something. I'm you know? surprised that Luke and Andrew weren't impressed with this kid's ingenuity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. I they I like mean, those you, little... You, you put any one of us in one of these studios, we couldn't figure out how to put anything on <laughs> nope. or off the air. No. Yeah, that's what Luke said. Um, gun to my head, I wouldn't have been able right. to do that. Absolutely not. That's why we have engineers, you know? Right. Uh, the music for your weekend, I'm not going to go through it here. Uh, the music for your weekend is always in the newsletter if you want to see that. Go sign up for that. Also, I hate music. Stu had a good a good pick too. What was it? I second his pick. It was a uh, Camper Van Beethoven. When I win the lottery, are they? Uh, it's a great song. Are they a Minnesota band. You know, I don't know. Huh. I, for some reason, I thought they were. But anyway, um, that's all we have for Friday housekeeping. Housekeeping. Well, let's uh, talk about archiving. Um, as people know, I have done. A fair amount of archiving, and but I was uh, late to the project because I was too shy to speak up and say, "I want to do this." Even though I immediately knew it would be a perfect fit for me, I just somehow uh, couldn't bring myself to do it. And uh, 
So I'll give a shout out to Phyllis, who was the one who actually encouraged me to do it. Even though I was like three or four months behind everybody else, she said, no, you should totally do it. And I did. And I looked at it like, um, this is a relay race. And I was coming in to take the baton mm. for somebody. Gosh, so if, if only people... you could have caught up. I mean, <laughs> jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. If there are people out there who are not archiving, who think that maybe they would have liked to do it, but they feel like they missed the window somehow, you have not. There are plenty of people who uh, run the relay. So come in and take the baton and keep it going. And it's really not hard once you get used to it. And why um, did you hesitate? You just didn't, you didn't want to like, was it like when you didn't want to friend Andrew, you just were afraid to reach out and say, Hey, Christy, I want to do this or. Yeah, I, I think so. It's the whole, um, notice me senpai thing. I didn't, I didn't want senpai to notice me because I was embarrassed or didn't think that, uh, I had the right or whatever. I don't know. Let's not get inside my head about this. <laughs> Stop asking questions, clip clop. <laughs> that I can't answer without my therapist. Right. But uh, so anybody, please come on, drop a, an email to little red bandwagon. You can take my week. You want to get involved. Please. I hear you're making a lot of progress. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> He's limping at the end of the relay. Right, right. right. Literally limping. <laughs> Also, since the details for the live show are out, uh, the ticket link is pinned on the stands and on the LRB page. Yep. I didn't see that. It is. That's really cool. So everybody get your tickets for 20 bucks and come on and join me. It's come, come from Chicago. Come from, I don't know, Lincoln. How far is Lincoln? Come from South Dakota. Come from everywhere. It's going to hey, be a good time. I think if somebody shows up like with a little bucket with some cleaning supplies, if they walk in the door with that, someone should pick up their ticket. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's going to oh, end up sweeping. Yeah. I, I I guarantee you, Andrew is not going to end up sweeping up at the end of the show because I won't allow that to happen. Oh, <laughs> what a sweetie. Uh, well, um, Meredith, how do people get involved? You can go to our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit us on Facebook on the Stens page or our, our page. You can hang out with us on Twitter. Christy's at Kissy Eyes. I'm Meredith underscore Mahan, but I'm not on Twitter ever, so just be my Facebook friend. Um, Mike's Drew McFrizz. Bobby's R.L. Pape. And Jeremy is Dadstronaut. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. And you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail, a text, a jingle maybe, at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And then you should also check out Christy and Jeremy on Nerd Out Loud. They just put an episode out about their wedding. Absolutely. it's a It goes into a lot more detail than we did on our Friday show. Uh, Christy has dropped off the call because the technology we use is terrible and stupid. So uh, I will uh, do her part and I will say, uh, what is it? Never wait for cake. What's the other one? Uh, hmm. Until next time. Until next time, this is the next cake. Until next time. Yes. Oh, until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. That's it, Stephen. <laughs> Same old story, buddy. Come on. That's his karaoke version of Everything is Awesome. <laughs> when you work as a team. Uh, that was a lot of fun, guys. Push this button. Farts.
Am I on the radio? Farts. I want to be on TV. 